Hello, UX wizards and or UX designers. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, whatever brand of social media you like best. It helps support us and it keeps you informed on what's going on in our community. I have a quick plug. We have a really exciting event coming up soon called the Remote UX Challenge. It's a great opportunity to work on a design project with other designers in a collaborative style. So keep your eyes peeled, make sure you're following us. And if you're looking for us on social media, just search for UX Wizards. So welcome to the UX Wizards podcast. I'm your host. My name is Morgan Trueblood, and today we have Devin Frome. He is a product designer for Tonal and has gone through quite an interesting journey in this last year, particularly seeing the changes that COVID has brought to his workspace. So uh, can you tell me a little bit about what your exact job title is at Tonal and how long you've been there? Yeah, so currently I am a senior product designer at Tonal, and I've been at the company for almost three years, and it's been quite an interesting journey. Uh, For the first six months, it was bringing the product to market. So um, there's always a little bit of a push right before you release things to the public, and uh, Tonal's experience with that was no different, and we were so excited to bring such an innovative product out uh, that we did our best, put our foot forward to make sure that it was an awesome experience for everyone. Oh, that's great. And so how long have you lived in the Bay Area, and what, what kind of other projects have you worked on leading up to Tonal? Let's pull out the history books here. So I moved to the East Bay from way of New York in 2008 and ended up moving to San Francisco in 2011. I think it was roughly 2011. Yeah. And uh, lived in Soma, good old Soma for about uh, nine years and then have uh, moved just slightly outside of the downtown area. Been in San Francisco and just loving everything about this city, so much uh, innovation is constantly happening. And so before Tonal, I worked at a company called Navdi, which was a head-up display for a car. Uh, That was for uh, an aftermarket device for people to put in their cars and it had uh, navigation, like 3D maps kind of floating in front of uh, the car um, with some hand gestures to accept phone calls and things, and it was pretty fun product to work on. Many years before that, I, I had worked on all sorts of different freelance projects and um, was at a company called Astro Studios, which was mainly industrial design, but they got hired by a lot of uh, larger companies to design sort of these 10 year out experiences. So what would our product be in 10 years? Uh, How could we use technology that isn't necessarily out yet or uh, is on the cusp? How can we start to put that into our roadmap so that five years from now, six years from now, we're working on those products? That sounds like a really interesting, interesting product. So, So how has product design change in the last 10 years and how where do you see it going in the next 10 years that's a great question having been in the design industry in in a few different capacities like just the original when i first kind of started in design i was more on the marketing side um, and kind of got into product through storytelling motion graphics and uh, the now defunct flash of the web And so um, I think what was so interesting when I first started in the design world is just this sort of Wild West nature of what was going on. It's just everybody kind of had their own, especially on the web, um, which was where a lot of product design, quote unquote, was happening, was just sort of this everything goes. There probably was user research on a lot of bigger, bigger projects, but in the beginning of my career, that wasn't really something that people were worried about too much. And especially for marketing, they were just like, ah, 10 people like it, ship it, you know? So it it wasn't going through a, a whole UX research process. Where I do see things kind of evolving over time is 
and with especially with tools like Figma, is this cloud-based, everyone kind of giving a piece of the pie, uh, a piece of the puzzle to make it all work. It seems now that like nothing is coming from zero. And if you're building software, there's software that helps you build software. And there's design tools that help you design design tools. It just seems like there are so many people out there building better, faster, more streamlined tools in order for collaboration to happen. It felt very much like there was a bit of a siloed lone design wolf, if you will, at least 15 years ago in in certain uh, organizations. And as you probably have heard so many times, designers saying they want a seat at the table. Well, not only have designers gotten seats at the table, but they are now being looked at to help push the vision forward. And this goes alongside the business seeds, which are to push the business forward. So I think once everyone's goals are aligned, design, product, and uh, any sort of business combination really are working together. Well, with that, I think that business, uh, larger corporations have really seen the value of design and what that brings to the user experience. And uh, between engineering and designers, like anything is capable. And how have you seen San Francisco as a landscape for all of this change in the last last 10 years or more? Well, it's quite interesting, at least for me, I noticed that um, it feels like a lot of companies have come and gone, but that pretty much is the startup story. Uh, there's always burnout with projects or companies. And I've really seen um, the city shift in many times, many ways over and over. Having lived in Soma, which is where so many kind of startups um, and people work, it was very interesting to not only like live and work in that neighborhood and watch things kind of shift over time. I noticed that uh, a very kind of slower part of town ended up becoming uh, where all the companies wanted to be. And I'm finding now with the 10 years ago, it was kind of challenging for people to work remote. Sure, there was there was like Google Meet and other Google Hangouts and things like that. People could like communicate with each other, but it's really the pandemic that has pushed things over the edge. This was a long time coming. Like there's tons of people who have been trying to or, or do like work from wherever, whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like this year and of course, like COVID pushed everyone to have to work from home. So we had to adapt. Industry as a whole had to adapt, not just design and, and business, but schools and, and every small business that didn't necessarily think that they were going to have to communicate online with, the, with um, other members of the team all of a sudden had to. Hmm. And so what I think this, this did was it also got people thinking that they should really like clean up their, their tools, their internal tools, make the, uh, any sort of files like accessible for anyone at any time in a very clean matter. Mm. And I think for any business having to work through this, like (laughs) this kind of wild ride that we're all in right now, it's all about time and how fast can you get something done? Um, is really something that has been pushing the industry, I think, and the Bay Area in many different ways. And do you do you think tech would ever leave the Bay Area? Well, I think there's kind of a shift right now in general beyond, quote unquote, like the tech industry. I think that uh, globally, I'm really looking for a day where, and and we're already really headed there, is that there's talent all over the planet. We can't expect everyone who has an ounce of talent to just ship themselves over to San Francisco and be available here. That's just not really thinking forward. We, if, we, if we look to the possibility that someone with talent can be anywhere and they are able to communicate and deliver whatever it is they're asked to deliver, then there's absolutely no reason why we couldn't be working with anyone from anywhere on the planet. 
Sure, there's like business reasons and tax reasons, and that gets into all sorts of other things. But if we're talking purely on a uh, talent-based system, San Francisco is a bubble uh, only because of the investment, but talent is everywhere. And so I think it's in investors' best interest to seek talent wherever they're at, not wherever the investor is at. That's interesting. Would would you ever leave the Bay Area on a personal level? I'm quite fond of this place. Uh, I grew up on the East Coast and uh, lived in New York for a while. And it was really like the people that I was drawn to when I moved to the Bay. Uh, But I've been having uh, kind of a difficult time, especially this year, like uh, not being able to go out or see anybody has been uh, quite a challenge. And I think it goes back like to what I was just saying, the people. Um, so many of my friends uh, that I was inspired by are no longer living here and they're finding other places to live and or they're trying to live in um, different places for extended periods of time. And I think that will help a culture them. Honestly, the difference between like New York and San Francisco, New York is has just so many different uh, mishmashes of culture, um, and I'm finding the Bay Area is continuing continuously like getting squeezed uh, to the same type of person. Um, as much as I love tech, going to a coffee shop and overhearing constantly the exact same conversation starts to get really old. And I am interested in um, having conversations with people from all over the world instead of just San Francisco. So, so tell me about a little bit more about uh, where you're currently working. What type of company is Tonal? Tonal is a, a mission-driven company. And that is that the company believes, um, the leadership at Tonal believes that fitness and strength are for everyone. And that's something that I can get behind uh, full on. Now, uh, we make a hardware product. And uh, as you know, or if you've heard, hardware is hard. There are all sorts of technical challenges about getting things uh, from manufacturing to people's homes. And just to explain a little bit more about what Tonal is, it's a strength training device uh, for your home that fits on the wall and uses uh, magnets uh, for the resistance uh, in order to create resistance for strength training. So it is quite the experience. It basically makes a home in your gym. And it is also a very exciting project to work on because there are endless possibilities. Uh, the team that I've been working with are some of the most talented I've ever worked with. That goes from product engineering to the content team to everyone on the team uh, across all the different verticals. I'm constantly impressed. Um, I started out, like I said, a couple years ago, and I've really watched this company grow uh, many times over and will continue to grow. At what point does industrial design kind of cross into product design at Tonal? The team that I'm on is responsible for the workout experience. So there is a screen that you watch the content that is produced, the workout videos. Mm -hmm. And there are also basically remotes. There are handles. We call them the smart handles. And there is a bar with a smart uh, remote to turn the weight on and off. We call that the smart bar. So... Really, uh, there are so many design principles and things that you use when you're working with just a screen. I tap the screen, I scroll this, I tap the screen again, I hit the back button. It ends up with a whole nother level of complexity when you start to introduce something, say, like a remote, and in our case, a smart handle. The smart handle is something that you will turn the weight on and off with. And you can imagine what happens when I press the button. Does something happen on the screen? Maybe I'm turned away from the screen because I'm doing a particular move where it requires me to look away from the screen. So then is there an audio file or something that 
communicates to the the person using tonal like when the weight is on and off it just starts to add a all sorts of other dimensions to the experience and that's something that i quite love about working on tonal is that it is a multi-dimensional experience to create beyond just a touch screen that's really awesome and have you seen um how much have you seen it grow just in this year when COVID has been going on? Well, we opened up an office in Toronto and there's been such an awesome uh, growth up there with talent coming from Toronto that is just blowing my mind. And again, I think that goes to our uh, opening our eyes beyond the Bay Area. And that's not necessarily my role is building that part, but I'm lucky enough to work with people in these different offices. And uh, it always, as well as we've been opening a a lot of retail stores uh, across the country. So people have been able to physically feel uh, and touch tonal. And I think it's one of those experiences that is hard to get a sense of what it's capable of when you're looking at the website. Um, We've had an awesome sales team that you can do like live one-on-one videos with, and they do an excellent job. There's something just about the first time you turn the weight on and you pull the handle that your jaw drops. And I was so excited. One of my favorite projects to work on last year was this, uh, retail experience and it's when you walk in and you try tonal and it kind of puts you through your paces and it was so fun to to work on that because i was i got to kind of feel what it was like to be a new person who didn't know what tonal was and get that feeling again i remember very much the first time i ever felt tonal I kind of was like, the possibilities, this is so amazing. I can't wait to like work out on this thing. And I really think that anyone who touches tonal um, might have that same surge of of feeling through the body, like, okay, this is awesome. And and so how does uh how does it do the different exercises? Does it customize it for the user? Yeah, so uh Everything is uh, personalized on Tonal. So right when you first uh, get the hardware in your home, you can do a strength assessment workout. And what that does is it uh, gives starting weights, starting suggested weights for every move on Tonal. So when you go to do a workout with a coach, the coach is on screen showing you how to do, say, Uh, like let's just say like a goblet squat or something. So you grab the handle and Tonal knows it's you because you have an account and it says, well, I think this, uh, I think that you're going to be at X pounds. So let's just say like 45 pounds or something. And over time, if you continue to do well at that 45 pounds, Tonal will say, hey, uh, you could probably do a little bit better. And so we up the weight over time. And this is really cool because it's basically the sort of system that a coach would would do, watching you perform the move, seeing how you feel, and just making adjustments over time. And then what's really cool is that you start to do moves or try moves that you've never thought of before in these workouts. And Tonal has set the weight for you and it's something you just don't even need to think about. You just need to do your best at performing that move during the workout. And something that's really awesome too is over time, you get to see the progress you've made on those movements uh, and just uh, your, your full body, really. And we use something called strength score, which is what we use to calculate uh, all of the different weights that are personalized for each person. And how does that influence your design choices to have this level of customization and machine learning that you're designing with? Well, there's a few different aspects of it. And uh, something that has been really awesome, again, I spoke earlier to the talent that we have on the team. And there, are, everything seems to be, a, a, not seems to, everything is a team effort at Tonal. And 
that goes from the engineering to the design to our product uh, managers. And we're constantly looking at the data, constantly making tweaks in order to make it better. Um, we are shipping new software every two weeks, which is uh, awesome. So it's very much like a Tesla. If you bought a Tesla two years ago and you're updating the software all the time, your car has gotten better where other people's cars have gotten worse. So that's something that is very awesome is the ability for us to ship things that we think are great and then uh, get feedback from our members over time. And we're constantly iterating and improving the, the, the product. If I look at what we shipped with two years ago, I'm very proud, but I'm even more proud of what we're shipping now. And I think that's a testament to constantly uh, iterating and innovating on the same uh, piece of software and just making it tighter and brighter. And so I've, I've seen that uh, Tonal is, is used a lot by a lot of uh, NBA athletes, like people like Steph Curry and whatnot. Does that change your priorities as a designer when you're designing for a professional athlete versus like someone like me that's just a, a normal Joe? Well, I think with every product, there are uh, different needs for different users and our members really should be able to use Tonal in multiple capacities. So let's say we have those NBA athletes, they should be able to get pushed to the limits uh, and they're still gonna be wanting to track their progress over time and such. And then we should also make it extremely available and easy to use for uh, beginners. So someone who isn't as uh, necessarily in shape or hasn't practiced those moves before is new to strength training in general. So that's the beauty of this personalization that we have uh, with all of these suggested weights and the system in general is that one day you could start on tonal and be a beginner and six months to a year you or depending on how often you work out uh, a week you could be up leveling yourself quite a bit and we've seen a lot of our members um, achieve some great success over time and i i have to say i've been extremely proud to like watch everybody go through their own personal journey on tonal um, I know I've gone through mine, and it's it's quite amazing to witness everybody's experience and their willingness to share uh, is so is so I don't know I can't describe the right word. It's just really nice to see. That's really awesome. That's great. So can you take me through like a a normal day for you? Well, uh, I'm on the workout experience squad. And so we are constantly trying to improve the workout experience. And that is uh, on tonal. That means the guided workouts with coaches. And then there's also a, a free lift section, which is you kind of choose your own adventure, if you will. And then there, we have another workout uh, experience similar to free lift, but it's called custom workouts. And you pick a bunch of moves uh, you, you you basically program a workout for yourself ahead of time so that Tonal plays it back really smoothly and you can just focus on working out instead of having to make choices throughout the workout. So on a day-to-day -day basis, I am constantly working on new designs uh, for the workout experience. And um, some of our highlights that we shipped this year were... Uh, group workouts and that was something that's been so cool like to to see is that over and especially with the pandemic a lot of us have uh, worked from home have moved to working from home so uh, most of the team if not uh, well all the team that I'm on have tonals at their house and we used to have uh, a gym at the office where we we're always testing things and trying out new uh, designs or new uh, prototypes and we were kind of missing that sitting next to each other at the desk so uh, and making decisions on one tonal. So uh, the team put together this project and built these group workouts where all of us can work out together, but 
from our own tonals. And that's been really awesome to just get in those workouts with other um, people from the team and we try new things and we're giving each other feedback. And so on a daily basis, I think I'm probably 40% meetings, 30% design, and the rest is experimenting and prototyping and communicating. Oh, so can the users create those kind of workout squads as well? Uh, no, the, the squad is like our internal uh, team of how we are, how we're working. We have a, a mobile squad and a um, a trainer. Uh, we call Tonal the trainer, a trainer squad, and uh, we have the workout experience squad. Um, but users can uh, or our members can create a, a custom workout and then. Um, share an ID with a, a friend who has a tonal and they can work out together remotely. That's great. That's kind of building the bridge in these times, which is amazing. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's making the best of it. Like we, we can't control everything that's happening outside, but we, we can still um, stay in shape. And, and I know that for me personally, like staying in shape has really helped my, my, my physical has also really helped my mental uh, abilities this year. Yeah. And so how long is a, a sprint usually when you're? Uh, the sprint is the identical time that we had pre-COVID, which was uh, every two weeks uh, we have uh, sprints. And um, we're always planning ahead and working on the backlog if you want to get into the, the whole <laughs> into the kit and caboodle there. Um, always just making sure that we're not blocking anybody and um, doing the best to kind of like look forward. We have a really awesome QA team, making sure that things don't get slipped through the cracks. And um, our content team is just doing awesome work, creating workouts with all of our amazing coaches. And so it's really a lot of people's roles. Um, and it's an opportunity to not only when you're going to do a workout on tonal, but you're kind of testing the software at the same time, testing the experience. So luckily we have a constant feedback loop from uh, employees and our customers, which has been, again, something awesome to witness. Wow. So, so can you, do you ever critique your design while you're doing a workout or like after a workout, you give yourself a bit of a design critique? All the time. <laughs> I think I think once you know every designer's uh, thinks that whatever they did last is like I don't know it's just time to like always always not I'm trying to think of the right phrase basically everything can be better all the time at one point you just have to let it go and ship the feature uh, if it does well and you're gonna learn a lot ultimately with other people using it because. You could, as a designer, you can critique your own work all day long, but it's ultimately up to other people to critique it because they are ultimately using it more than you. So it is something to keep in mind is always, can it be better? Sure. Everything can always be better. Um, but at one point you have to just ship the work and wrap it up and eventually get feedback on something. Do you find it easier to stay productive at home or actually going into an office? I think with with anything, it's like been getting into a groove. So uh, when I was working at an office, it was about a 20-minute bike ride to work. And I would bike to work maybe like three days a week, sometimes, sometimes four or five days. Uh, but I'd also just drive my car maybe another day. But... I noticed that once uh, the pandemic hit and we were all working from home, I really missed those bike rides. Uh, just a bit of 20 minutes to get to the office and 20 minutes to ride home really helped kind of clear my head and, and get me into the zone for work. Um, I have quite a bit of energy and I found that it just helped like level me out. And so I've been doing my best to, while working from home, uh, going for a bike ride in the morning or... My partner and I, we go skateboarding uh, in the morning, like long boards, just to kind of get out and, and watch the sun rise and have a coffee and, and get outside and, and 
away from people as much as possible outside of the house and then get back and when you get to sit at your desk you have at least kind of breathe fresh air and i think that's kind of important is to i read an article uh the, the other day that, w- that was talking about basically like the the dawn of the fake commute or something like that was the title and it, and it was basically like wake up walk around the block and come back home and that's your commute to work and i think i think that's sort of approach to working at home um, could work for some, um, might not work for others, or maybe build a routine of of doing some yoga or some light working out before you start the day. And I'm really curious how that would uh, shift your perspective. Hmm. And how do you usually structure your day? Well, the schedule is really what structures my day um, because we have some uh, coworkers on the East Coast who are in different time zones. Some meetings might be early, some might be late. I tend to hit my stride later in the afternoon, um, past around three o'clock. Um, I could work really late. I have to kind of cut myself off at nighttime sometimes because I get into a groove and sometimes it takes me a few hours to get if I'm doing some really deep work. Um, and I quite appreciate these like multi-hour explorations uh, into uh, some of the work I'm doing. It all depends on what phase a project's in. If you're right at the beginning of a, a big project, you really want to go wide. And in order to go wide, you need time. Uh, multi-hours in a row is what I prefer. Uh, but Again, we're having we're doing our best, and we're a company that is is running really fast, and we have to be able to share and communicate when when leadership and other people on the team have available. So, my day is sporadic meetings. Um, I try my best to group them together so that I have uh, bigger gaps of uh, work time, but some days that just is not the case. And you have to do your best to make it work and carve time for yourself. Do you use any uh, productivity tools? I I recently got a standing desk and it's really helped. I think my product productivity and my like zoning in. Um, it's very interesting that not everything is about software when it comes to productivity. Sometimes it's about the space you're in and just clearing. Um, distractions. And that could mean um, any sorts of things like maybe not checking your email or, or, or turning your phone off for several hours when you need to do deep work. Um, I've been for years using Evernote as a way to just take notes and kind of like check off boxes and things. Um, and then I, I've used physical notebooks but most recently, I've just gone back to like Apple Notes. It seems like the simplest, cleanest way. And Evernote has gone so overcomplicated that it's it, it ends up being distracting. Um, so all productivity tools are around for a reason. But um, I found uh, something that's not on the computer, but it is still software, is I got an Apple Watch about a year ago. And I think that was one of the best purchases I made for myself because I constantly kind of look down at the time and go, oh, got a meeting or like I have 45 minutes and just just a simple clock will really kind of keep you in line. So where do you see Tonal going in the next year? Well, I can't talk about (laughs) the roadmap, but what I can say is that um, we are doing really well as a company and it's been really um, great to get so much feedback, like I mentioned before. And I really see that all the people who were wanting a tonal during the pandemic weren't sure if they're going to order it or not um, are moving that way right now uh, of ordering it. So I expect uh, the community to continue to grow at a, and um, Oh, we have a lot of awesome features on the roadmap, and I really hope that once things start opening up more, that people will able be able to experience Tonal a lot more um, before they decide to purchase. That's great. And where, how about yourself? Where do you see yourself going as a designer? 
Well, I think this is something that I've been um, working on a lot lately, which is in order to move forward, you have to kind of turn around and look backwards and see where you've come from. Um, and something that I've been working on as a designer and, and I hope to continue to do better on is just the, the storytelling and the communication part. I think that uh, everything is a team effort, like I was talking about. And sometimes it's, you have to take your own advice and, and let go. You might quite love the way something works or love the way something looks. Um, but if that's not the right um, moment for something to happen or the right look for your, your members, then you have to listen to them. Um, and then also something that has been very interesting to witness is that um, I feel like software is an animal and you have to constantly feed it. And that animal changes, it grows, uh, it grows up and it has different needs when it's older versus when it's younger. So I've been, as a designer, really trying to work on internal tools in order to anticipate change in the future. Uh, years ago, when we used to design user interfaces and stuff in Photoshop and Illustrator, there really wasn't this system in place of linking every file together into some sort of um, really adaptive way of changing things. If we know change is going to happen because change is inevitable, then we can design that into the way that we create um, the file structure and the way we share those files. And I think that's something that I am really pushing for um, as a as a designer um, at Tonal, but also just talking to other people that I've been mentoring is that like if you build in systems expecting change, then you'll be much faster to adapt when that change change comes. And do you have any personal projects that you're working on? Well, for years, I also ran a music label called Laser Native and um, I've been a house music and electronic music producer for feels like forever now, <laughs> like something like 15 plus years. And I kind of took a break at the beginning of the year. Um, it was a little bit before the pandemic hit. And then once the once pandemic hit and everybody worked from home, I think it, I just kind of buried myself in, in work. And the time that I haven't been working, I've been trying to uh, get outside and just go on hikes and um, experience nature away from people. I think it really helps like clear my mind and I can bring my full self back to to my job and my projects. But so I took a break from music, but I'm very much looking forward to getting back into that. And something that I really love to do is photography um, and and documentation of my life. I've really been trying to up-level myself as a photographer, especially through this time and when we go on hikes and, and camping trips and things. And um, I've been going through all of my old photos uh, the last 20, 20 plus years of, of digital photographs and trying to like organize them. And, and uh, let me just say that it is a, a lot of photographs and it is a challenge to come up with some sort of system for yourself in order to like easily get to, uh, sure, you want me to find March 2003 uh, on a Saturday? You got it. Like, I just, it's, it's challenging in itself to organize that. And so I'm, I'm working through those. So you, you mentioned a little bit about your experiencing, your experiences with mentoring up and coming designers. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what, what drew you into mentoring? Yeah, well, I'd say that, um, uh, this this crew of people created this um, uh, this product. Uh, I guess you could call it a product now, called Amazing Design People List. And I was approached uh, probably because I work at Tonal and that I've worked at Navdi and have been in the industry. And I was approached to become a mentor on on the platform. Um, when I when I first agreed, I was like, okay, cool. Maybe like one person will hit me up and um, we'll have some cool conversations. Because I, I did at this point, like wanted to start giving back to the design community that had helped me get to where I was. Um, there's a saying, which is like, nothing comes from nowhere. And 
it really takes a village as far as like design goes too, especially like look at all the tools that are available now. And those were not available 15 plus years ago when I was starting my career. And it's been um, not just the actual digital tools, but the sharing of knowledge, like the YouTube channels where everybody's talking about how to do something. It's just a tutorial or, hey, you want to start a business? You can do this. Like, don't do what I did. That, that didn't work out. I think the sharing of knowledge is what's going to make humanity um, grow in, in extremely beautiful ways. And I think also to be challenged all the times that I look back and see when there was the most growth for myself was when I had others around me challenging me. And I hope that the designers and entrepreneurs that I have conversations with um, feel challenged by the things that I say. I'm also learning from them. I think we all should learn from each other and there should be only open ears and open minds when um, having conversations with each other. Can you tell me about an experience you had when you were really challenged by a mentor? Yeah, I think uh, when I was much younger in my career, like uh, I wasn't sure if uh, music was the thing I was going to pursue or um, design was the thing I was going to pursue. I, I loved both and I was pursuing both of them at the same time, but I don't think I was really doing it in a sustainable way. And I had some managers kind of pull me aside and say like, you know, I love that you do music, but like, what are you doing for design? Like, what are you, what are you doing to push your design over time? And I didn't really, I kind of like took a step back. I was like, I thought I was, but it really wasn't until I took a step back and looked at um, my work and, and what I was producing that I could see that I really wasn't like stepping up to what I was possible. There was also a really cool, um, there's been a couple different workshops that I've done courses over the course of uh, my life that have really helped me with product design. And funny enough, they're both about music. Originally, there was uh, a workshop I took with a person named Dylan, and he goes by Ill Gates. And he had this really awesome workshop called the uh, Ill Methodology. And this is probably about a decade ago that I that I went and I was so inspired by just the way he was communicating to everyone there who was aspiring to be a musician. He really kind of metaphorically like slapped everyone in the face and was saying, hey, if you really want to be a musician, you got to step it up and you have to focus and you have to treat this like a real business or a real project can't be like putting your foot up on the couch and making music whenever you feel like it. You have to dedicate. And I think that was something that really just like caught me by surprise. Like I, I didn't expect that sort of wake up call when I first went to it. Uh, and then years later, I took a much deeper course with uh, a person by the name Mike Monday. And the name of that course was called Make Music Your Life. And in the course of taking that course, I was being exposed to this idea that um, being a professional musician is a real privilege, and you better take it uh, you better take it seriously, and you better come out come out with a plan. And I think there was so much about building in systems uh, in order to work smarter, not harder finding out ways to finish work, finding out ways to build systems into the creation of your work so that it just works faster. And I took all of the learnings from that course and I kind of like pivoted with that information and, and triggered it and put it into design. And I think that really helped me like speed up um, and brought me to the, on the trajectory and the path that I am now. So what do you do in your, your free time now? Yeah, so the free time, uh, like I was saying before, I've been going a lot of uh, hikes and um, really my partner turned me on to mountain biking. Uh, I've always been a snowboarder since I was like 10 years old and competed for a little bit when I was younger. So felt like mountain biking was the first time that I 
felt like I was having a similar experience as uh, as snowboarding. And I and when I sat down and kind of thought about it, like, why does it is it the way it feels on the mountain? Is it the way that the 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 bike feels when I'm in the air and jumping off of something? And I think it's just that experience of being in nature. I really am. uh, Yeah, I'm a product of the 80s. I'm a I'm a computer kid. Like I've always had computers and technology in my life and I'm really attracted to it. But all of that doesn't matter when you're out in the woods and you are uh, having to pedal a bike under your own power or snowboard in like waist deep snow like out from the mountain you have to get yourself through it all and um, I think that that a little bit of fitness and getting outside and kind of going to the edge of the world is something that I quite really love to do and I think it's what brings me back to be able to um, design and work on experiences that allow people to build up the strength to go and do those adventures. Oh, that's great. Cool. So I have a few kind of a shorter questions here. So what, what is your favorite color to design with? Oof. That is interesting. I'd say that for the longest time, and I think it's shifting now though, but for the longest time, I just couldn't not design something without like some sort of, um, it's like, almost reddish pink like I just really liked this like fluorescent pink color I don't know what I was thinking but I've been kind of working out into like a um I quite like some blues and some almost like kind of muted muted red oranges well outside of tonal tonal has its themes and and we work within those but um when I'm working on my own personal stuff I kind of like to use kind of warmer warmer earth tones with some like popping neon that's awesome i think i remember seeing that that pinkish orange color in some of the laser native stuff yeah and do you have a favorite uh type type family oh you know i don't i think each project kind of you take on um you want to find an appropriate typeface that feels like the brand you're working on or kind of tells a story or if you were or if you don't want it to tell a story then you find a type that is a little bit more uh, subdued so I think um, I, I don't want to limit myself and I don't I really have a favorite at this point uh, do you have any pets currently no uh, my only pet is myself <laughs> which I take myself out on walks <laughs> feed myself someday so that 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 perfectly leads into my next question if you were to be an animal what kind of animal would you be Ooh, well i i've been asked this question before and um i think i would be a combination of a wolf and a hawk Hmm. and i think um it's a mythical creature it doesn't exist it's just me we call it the devo (laughs) and it's what I am attracted to with both of those animals is that um, the hawk is able to see long range it has vision Um, it is able to fly really high and have awareness of what's going on far in the distance Um, in order to get down into uh, onto the ground it has to fly low where it's vulnerable and that's where the wolf takes over the wolf is able to play in a pack it, it likes to be part of with other wolves and likes to be um, in the trenches and I think that's something about my personality that I recognize is that I both want to be in the trenches at times and be high with awareness uh, and vision in other times and being able to dance in between those two uh, areas, I think is something that I will continue to pursue in my life and in my career and um, refine over time. And if you were stuck on a desert island and only had three albums, what would they be? Oh, this is tough. (laughs) Uh, Well, my dad recently made an album and I helped do the cover art for it. 
and I think I would that would be one of the three um, because I just really love I'd get to hear my dad's voice all the time um, and it's gee I this is a really tough question because you know like what's very challenging right now is that like we live in a situation um, in a time where music is coming and going so often when we were growing up, or at least when I was growing up, there was definitely like you went to the store, you bought an album, and you listened to the album all the way through. Or a friend would come over with a shopping bag and just dump a bunch of CDs on your bed and be like, you listen to all this stuff. And I think that's where like the albums, uh, you know, in my life are, are stick. But right now, I feel like there's so much new music coming all the time that I, I don't think I could say what my favorite uh, other albums are without um, I, we'd have we'd be here for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, fa- well, favorite new track you just listened to. Oof, I, I, I can't even think of the name, but I've as far as genres uh, that I've been really attracted to lately. Um, I'd say anything that seems to be this sort of uh, mishmash of tribal and um, world music. I'm really liking the slowing down of electronic music, of house music, and kind of blending uh, world music all together. It's something that's like this very uh, ancient tradition and organic feel with the mixed with like technology and future and I, I quite love the combination I like the way it makes me think I like the way it makes me move to dance and um, I also really enjoy like working out to it huh that makes me think of uh, someone like Nicola Cruz or uh, what is it Dengu 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 yep yep both of those I've been listening to those artists uh, religiously lately awesome cool well yeah that's that's all for my questions i want to thank you so much for for coming on the show it was great having you uh look forward to seeing what new projects you have in store and seeing the uh the where the roadmap is going with tonal it seems to be a very interesting journey and yeah i want to thank you so much for for doing this show with the ux wizards thanks for being here thank you so much for having me and we'll talk soon